We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Yep, 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 Welcome yep, 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 back yep. to another episode of No Other Pod. Mm. I'm Jimmy, as always, with my good buddy Dan. Dan, no sporting KC game this week, but uh, we had the U.S. Men's National Team in town. We had a, uh, a WWE pay-per-view <laughs> event that happened. <laughs> what the hell? I'm just, just throwing things co- out that happened. Just trying to coax me into talking. Maybe I didn't <laughs> want to talk so early. Maybe I just want to let you go for a little bit. Yeah. Well, all I know is I saw a dude whose half of his chest looked purple on Ooh, the paper. Buddy. So I, that's some real shit too. I'm like, <laughs> everyone was like, "Yeah, that's faked," and I'm like, "How? Like, yeah, makeup I, rubs off? You're crazy. Like, have you seen a torn pectoral before? It's, I read. That's what it looks like. Cody Rhodes' pec muscle literally pulled off the bone, and he wrestled with it so hard to watch hard to watch but yes dude men's national team came to town for a boring draw and uh the first half i mean in the zero zero i actually thought the first half was exciting sure but there were no goals and like that's the best part of soccer is goals at least freaking casey current drew with the number one team in the nwsl Mm -hmm. with goals you know so like that was a little more of exciting of a draw for the weekend only Uruguay had, you know, one of the more prolific forwards in the history of the game who had a shot at a wide open net at the end of the game to give them the victory. Oh my, could you believe that? That about <laughs> happened. That is a thing that about happened. And uh, and you hear uh uh Christian Pulisic clearly calling people uh fucking pussies. That was a it thing. Did so, appear uh, that that is what he said, which is not the best. Not the best, but, but also kind of par for Christian Pulisic, I guess. Like yeah, it I, I kind of I'm getting the idea that he's not the kind of guy I would hang with. Probably not. You get that? Like he, like he's yeah. complaining. He he was born on third base, so to speak, kind of entitled. Yeah. Uh, you know, mad about attendance, and it's like relax. Yeah. All right, do you set the prices? Because they're expensive. <laughs> now, Walker Zimmerman, on the other hand, I talked to him for like 11 minutes after the game in the mix. Pretty thing. humble man. That dude's a stand-up guy. He's a stallion, dude, with that hair. He's a stallion. I like walk like I wanted to go buy a Walker Zimmerman national team jersey after talking to him. All right, relax. We play Nashville here in a week or so, <laughs> so don't get crazy. Yeah, but we can talk more about the game and everything there. But uh, first, we got a review. Hey, we did. 
we got a few uh, reviews in a few weeks in a row now, and uh, this one's a little bit longer, and it's got some questions, which, by the way, if you're going to leave a review, this is a guaranteed way to get your question on air because you know we read yeah. them all. So You're going to get your question, and uh, you're going to love this guy because this is <laughs> this is Tuba Guy. Zero tuba eight. Guy. There it is. Did, did you read that, Tuba my, Guy? I didn't realize that, no, but my fellow Tuba player. So I can only assume... You wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you caught me secretly. Well, I'm from Arkansas. What's your graduation year? What, what when did you graduate high school? 2008. That's it. <laughs> it says <laughs> it says tuba guy zero eight. Yeah, oh my god, you crafty bastard! <laughs> <laughs> I, I crafted this whole alternate persona from Arkansas about pro rel. No, hey, when we me. start when we started, I left us a review. I was like, great show, hilarious. I did too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You have to. I, I used my actual, like you could go through all the reviews and at some point there's JC Mack that's like, I love right. this show. Right. And then you had to change your name to the Tuba Guy, one and only, 08. Right. I get it. Yeah. Capital T-H-E. <laughs> hey, well, Tuba Guy, 08, says, uh, gives us five stars, says, love the pod slash questions. Here we go. Hey, guys, I love the pod and all your takes on sporting. I'm only a somewhat recent sporting supporter. I grew up in Arkansas where we have no professional teams in any major sport. Here are some questions I have for you. What are your guys' takes on pro-rel as MLS supporters or, and media members? Why doesn't the soccer, uh, MSM, what's MSM? Mainstream media. Mainstream media, gotcha. Keep your third eye open. Yep. Why don't they uh, pressure U.S. soccer to implement pro-rel? Will there be a day where U.S. soccer has an open pyramid with pro-rel? If so, what could that look like to you guys? Could you see a partnership with USL? I know there's a lot to unpack, but I wanted to get some perspective from MLS supporters. Anyway, love the pod and keep up the great work. Uh, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that living in a place where there are no pro sports, it's a like, that's rough. And that's, dude, that's why places like Arkansas and Alabama go hard for the Razorbacks and Crimson Tide. Mm -hmm. Like their college football support is bar none. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> so whip! <laughs> Isn't that what they do? I think so. Or they yeah. sue we or something? Yeah. My only uh, uh, experience with the Arkansas Razorbacks is when uh, Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush were at USC. We played Arkansas, and I think we beat them like seventy to seven. So interesting. That's that's probably sore subject. Not sure why you bring that up to our faithful review lever. We got oh eight. Oh my god. So, but uh, you know, living in Kansas, I felt that. But I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. So it was a hop and a skip away from Kansas City sports. You know what right, I mean? So right. more power to you for being in Arkansas. Pro-Rel, I think we've talked about this for a bit. Yeah. You know, we talked about it a little bit in the sense that it'd be stupid, right? Essentially. It's, it's not going to happen. And and here's why. Like, look, in it, if you were to take, you know, reality out of the situation, perfectly idealistic utopian soccer scenario in the U.S., Sure, it'd be great. I'd love to watch Union Omaha rise through the ranks and one day challenge for MLS Cup and make a, a Leicester-type run one day. Here's the problem. MLS already almost died once. They had to, Lamar Hunt literally helped save the league in the early 2000s. MLS is growing rapidly, but MLS still has a long way to go to make sure that it's on like consistent, stable footing indefinitely for the foreseeable future. You have to remember, it's a relatively young league. It has not been around for 30 years. Compared to other leagues around the world, it's still pretty young. The soccer landscape in the United States is relatively young in terms of 
you know, its popularity and growth. I know there's been professional soccer in some sense around the U.S. for decades, but not the way it is now. Here's the issue. The owners, whether right or wrong, I'm not saying this is morally correct or what, but here, this is reality. The system that the owners bought into, and in some cases have spent hundreds of millions of dollars on stadiums, tens of million dollars on expansion fees, hundreds of millions of dollars buying teams. The system that they bought into is the closed MLS system. There are guaranteed revenue streams. There are guaranteed TV rights. There are guaranteed revenue sharing. What incentive would, let's take sporting, for example. What incentive would the Illigs and Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the ownership group, Rob Heinemann, have to look at that and say, I want to throw our entire investment into Jeopardy purely out of altruism because I would like Union Omaha or the Las Vegas Lights or whoever to have the chance to rise up through the ranks. And then when we have a down year like we're having now, where Sporting KC would be squarely in the midst of a relegation battle, suddenly... That puts our entire club at risk because you see what happens to these European clubs when they get relegated. They they can't afford their rosters anymore. They have to overturn the entire roster. So the stadiums that are getting built would not get built. The players that are coming over wouldn't get wouldn't come over. And separately, the US is not the only country that doesn't do pro rel. Like Europe right. largely does it. Mexico doesn't do it, and we're always comparing ourselves to Mexico. And when, when is MLS gonna catch up to Liga MX? So, sure, I'd love to see it. They're not going to have a partnership with the USL because they already did and they got away from it to start MLS Next Pro. I think the only way we'd ever see some semblance of ProRel is if enough teams joined MLS where we got to like 40 teams and then you had like MLS 1 and MLS 2 and it was like pseudo ProRel, but you would still have to guarantee the money and the revenue somehow to all those teams. Otherwise, the owners simply won't do it from a business standpoint. Well, and it's rough, right? Because you you know you use you use sporting as an escape kind of because you mm-hmm. are an everton fan so you know <laughs> what it feels like i just celebrate. went through a relegation battle. yeah you know what it's like to celebrate not being the worst and so now we're we are the worst right now right. Uh, as kc so uh yeah it just couldn't happen i and i i know there's audio out there somewhere of peter Vermees talking about it and he just like shakes his head he's like no why would you want that He's like, that's ridiculous. Now, don't tweet about it, by the way. Don't put those words <laughs> um, no. in a tweet because there are pro-rel warriors that will come <laughs> at you. I dude, I once like said the oh, word no. church on yeah. Twitter and got followed by a pastor. And I was like, what are you going to gonna save me? Like, are you coming? <laughs> are you coming at me to like save my yeah. soul? No, it was weird. So be careful what you tweet out there. They'll find. Oh, I've had to. Yeah. Ben Fast and Ted Westervelt. Like those are two like they're like, you know, leading the army of pro rel on Twitter. And I had to. They also have pretty, pretty bad takes in other ways, too. Um, But you do you have any do you ever follow anyone that only posts negative things and, oh, yeah. in the sense that i mean you get a little curious so you're like i'm gonna click on their profile and click on their replies and their tweets and it's like you, you challenge yourself 
can I find a positive one? Can right. I do it? You can't. <laughs> you can't do it. Must live a miserable existence. Oh, this person just—it's a—it's a doomsday thing. Woe is me, gloom and doom. And I'm like, right. man, I just want to share some fucking cat videos. Like, <laughs> and I, come on. Admittedly, in a lot of aspects in life, am a pretty pessimistic person. That's why I'm in therapy. <laughs> oh my god! So I you look. You could go through my timeline, and you might see quite a lot of like, re, like look at my retweets as of Tuesday. Not fun stories, but Damn. then I also try to find the goodness in things. I try to enjoy going to soccer games and sporting. I try to share pictures of my dog every once in a while because it's a fun thing. Like just having. I don't want my life to be all negative, and I just, unfortunately, sports fans, pro-rel people, like, there's a lot that, like, their motive might be, you know, admirable and what they're actually trying to do, but it just, it comes off so negative sometimes, and I'm like, I don't want that in my life. So, pro-rel, in a perfect world, sure. Do I get the, in the you know, the draw to it? Like, you know, I wouldn't want Everton relegated, but the feeling... When they came back from down 2-0 at the half to Crystal Palace to win 3-2 and not get relegated, sure, that to me felt like winning a championship, as silly as it sounds. <laughs> but it just, from a biz, pure, if nothing else, from a business standpoint, MLS has no incentive and the owners have no incentive to do it. Yeah. So, and and honestly, you know, you're not going to have a team like Union Omaha. Let's say they make it up one year and then they go down one year. Or Nashville SC, they come in and they build this brand new stadium and they go down. Well, suddenly their $300 million stadium now has 2,000 people in it. And stadiums like that don't get built anymore. They're, yeah. they're, it, maybe one day, but I just I don't see it. That stadium is supposed to be legit, man, in Nashville. That's You're going to be cool. there soon. Going to be there. Should be fun, man. I'm going behind enemy lines. Get the mm-hmm. scoop. Yeah, you're gonna find our guy Walker Zimmerman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, be nice if he could take it easy on us. And he's good, and, dude. You know what? Though we had we had a week off, so I I can only assume we're about to you know win MLS Cup. So probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the logical conclusion. That really just makes sense. You got a week off. I t- I took a week off of like doing uh, some soccer drills and stuff. Came back, I was really good. I was like, I haven't missed a step. So I can only assume. They're going to cross it's it. Basically the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> we uh, we don't have a sporting game to go over from this past week. We'll talk about the U.S. games a little bit. But there is a game coming up on Sunday against the New England Revolution. Yeah. Uh, this will be a fun Jimmy one. Jimmy thought it was Saturday. I did. I uh, have to get daycare for my dog because she can't be left alone right now. And, and Dan yeah, to switch to daycare days. Mention right off uh the you know offhand before we we recorded something about sunday and i was like wait it's sunday and i literally had to call switch my dog daycare because i would have absolutely shown up on saturday at children's mercy park but um hey hey, this is not a bad game by the way like the revolution aren't freaking awesome okay no they and three more points they're 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 not doing great they went from like best team in the history of mls to fighting for their playoff lives similar to how we are and Breaking news as of Tuesday, they I just transferred it on ABC, I think, right? Apparently. I well, I mean, before the that. season, it's like, oh, the best team in the history of the league and the team that challenged for first in the West. This should be a fun interconference game. And That's true. That's true. Now yeah, it's, so uh, who they transfer? Their leading goal scorer in 2022 and from the 2021 Supporter Shield campaign, Adam Buxa, Polish national, 
who's ha- he has 11 goals in all contests, and he had scored in seven consecutive games before departing for uh, international duty in June with the Polish national team. He has been transferred to RC Lens in Ligue 1 in France. So uh, it says that he will join them when uh, the Ligue 1 transfer window officially opens, which is two mm. days from now, on the si- or, excuse me, on uh, the tenth. That's Friday. So he won't be wow. with the Revs when when we play them on Sunday. That's a big deal. That's, that's wild. So that's what you do though. If you're not doing as well in the league, you find your player and you got to make a little money, right? So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get my best player and, and transfer him out to league uh, and and get things uh, uh. you know get some money for him you know yeah. make him say uh. yeah it's an undisclosed fee I haven't seen it's probably reported somewhere how much it is but I'm I haven't undisclosed followed fee I'm so tired rest. of the secret agent Closely. league I'm so <laughs> tired of it just tell me how much just tell um, me everything they were fined an undisclosed amount what what <laughs> who cares what's it gonna hurt to tell us. But I mean, this is this is a, a, a kind of a big deal. Like I said, I mean, yeah, uh, Buxa is is their their leading goal scorer. Um, sure, they have Carlos Seal. They still have uh, Sebastian Legette. But you know who's probably going to start getting more minutes now, uh, assuming he stays healthy. Josie Altidore, because he's with the New England Revolution. Is he still around? Yeah. So you know, there there are are people. Um, Gustavo Bo, Boo, however you say his name. Like there there are some of these players who are, are decent but definitely weren't getting the same production or minutes that Buxa, probably not saying his name right either, uh, were getting. But this just makes it a little easier for sporting. So. Gustavo, the face of Bo. Yeah, man, it's going to be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can find a Doctor Who reference anywhere. That's great. Oh, but I, I'm, I'm excited for this one. It's not, uh, you know, it's not doom and gloom. It's, it's coming back off a break. It's, uh, it's a pride game. You know, mm-hmm. soccer for all pride, love wins, all that. Uh, you know, two cities, one one club, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, it's good to get back out there. And did you see this little graphic uh, someone put together? Uh, what is it? It's, it's on the it's on the SKC weekly schedule on is it from the, the Pride Alliance graphic, yeah, dude. It's the it's the graphic, and you see like all the trophies we've won in different colors. And then there's a little Argyle guy making a rainbow with his hands. Uh, you know the skylines there and rainbow colors. It's it's pretty neat. You know, shouts to that. It's cool, yeah. And there's a whole um, series of graphics and tweets that they sent out that you can see on on the website. Um, it's this is cool. One thing I, I I have noticed from Sporting KC in recent history that I didn't notice before, and maybe I just was ignorant and missed it, but I feel like. Sporting KC over the last couple of years have made a concerted effort to be more visible and vocal for some of the social justice initiatives, whether it be Pride Night or um, oh, yeah. talking about some black-owned businesses. They put out a list of um, LGBTQ plus-owned businesses in Kansas City to support. I believe they've put out a list of women-owned businesses before. It's cool to see a club embrace and care about... Did you say... Did you say uh... Black-owned businesses too. Yeah, another yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, I think that they they did that. Yeah. Um, it's just it's 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 cool. It's not just oh, the league is telling us to put on this right. rainbow shirt, so we're going to do it, and we're going to call it soccer for all night because we're scared to call it Pride Night. This feels like this has been an evolution that Sporting KC has progressed on over the last you know few years. That to you me is noticeable. Not, you mean we're not like the Tampa Bay Rays? <laughs> is, that, is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
those five pitchers on the Tampa Bay Rays or the Texas Rangers who are still the only team in the entire league to not do anything for Pride Night. So Dude, it's bad. Like the people the players on the Rays were like, well, you know, Jesus just tells us that yeah, it, we can't I'm like Jesus tells you you can't wear something. I'm not going to get well, all theological, listen, but spoiler Tampa Bay alert. Rays aren't telling you to go kiss dudes. Like I mean, come on. Also, theological sidebar, it turns out I have a history with this. I'm interested in it. Look up the original language. Jesus doesn't say anything about LGBTQ people. He doesn't yeah. care. No, so, because... Anywho. I don't know. We could talk about the Bible all day. You want, you want to go toe-to-toe on the Bible? Theology we could, podcast. Welcome. We it's been a bait and switch, everybody. That could be, that could be pretty... Uh, We're going to go uh, through our religious trauma. That could be offensive AF. Yeah, well, I, I'm passionate of- about that because it's it is so misappropriated to cause so much harm and and justify so much bigotry that is not present anywhere in the original context or translations or whatnot that has been it's it's bad so i hate to say it if we're following the bible to a t everyone (laughs) everyone get your wives and make sure they do everything you say how did we get here the wives stay under your thumb and uh serve you and you, I, I could actually make the argument, too, that, again, if you look in the context, there's actually some pretty radical things that are said in there in terms of um, feminism and female empowerment that, like, for the context of the day were pretty radical that if you were to take through to modern society, you know, we'd be in a much oh, different yeah. place than we are now. But, anywho, we're you must be, that, still far off the rails. That's got to be Philipp- Philippians, you know, 720 or something. That's <laughs> Galatians, I don't know. We'll pull it back now because I'm sure we've lost half our listeners. Um, Awesome 316s that I just whooped your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Pride Night, it's going to be fun. Um, I think this, this, not to be cliche again, but mathematically, again, this is not a must-win game mathematically, but this feels like if if Sporting Casey can come off this two-week break, they've been talking about how much they need this break, get healthy or whatnot, and have a good showing – I feel like they just set themselves up for a potential good second half run, and uh, it's going to be important for them to, to to hit the ground running because you know we, we've talked about before they're going to need to average almost two points per game to get to where that playoff cutoff line was last year. So you got to win games like this at home against teams that are underperforming. Damn, dude! So almost two points a game is that? I mean, that's essentially winning every home game and drawing everyone on the road, right? Like we, yep. we discussed that, I think. Yep. And uh, you want to get this one. You want to get this win because you got, to. you got Nashville next week. And then, you know, you turn right around and you got open cup quarterfinals at home. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, oh, oh, while we're touching on that for a second, Union Omaha mm-hmm. bringing a lot of people to it's this cool. game. It's cool. Not, not that cool. I got contacted by my <laughs> not rep. Not that cool. And they said that they're bringing so many people that it's going to spill over into my section and not into my seats. So he's enlisting you to fight for sporting's <laughs> yeah, honor. He's like, so are you down to defend our honor? It, but no, they, they will literally be like two rows behind us, bunch of people. And he's like, so we're offering to move you free of charge. And I'm like, well, shit, where are we going? <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, like a pretty decent upgrade. So oh, it is? I was going to be like, I was going to be like, you're trying to throw me up in the, uh, up in the shield club. What are we doing? Oh, that's good. <laughs> See, cause when USC used to play Notre Dame when, or I don't know if this is still the way it is. They've reconfigured their stadium, but my dad used to have pretty good seats 
at USC football games. We'd be like mm. 18th row, 35-yard line. Like really good oh. seats. Except when Notre Dame would come to town, they had some agreement that they agreed two years ago where Notre Dame would get really good seats and they would push us from the 35-yard line to the 12-yard line oh, as wow. season ticket holders. And I was like, why, why are we giving the visiting team the best seats in the house and we're moving us 20 yards? So I was worried that they are going to move you to like no, Crappy not that seats. bad. We're going, we're going West Stand, so that's that's pretty good. Oh, okay, you know? with the kind fancy like, people, kind of pe- at the penalty spot area, which is kind of an upgrade. We're kind of at the corner flag yeah. on the other side. So there you go. Yeah, should be fun. Sneak into the Shield Club. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> can you sneak in there? Not easily. Well, immediate pass. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I'll tell you the. Uh, I think it's really neat that a lot of people are just are going to make the trip for yeah. that game. Yeah. You know? No, it, it's cool. I'm looking, I, I saw that, um, the, the Omaha, uh, sporting KC fan group, they were, were selling tickets to it. They were just asking that people that buy the tickets, since it will be in a sporting section, cheer for sporting KC, but they know that it's an emotional game for people. So they're like, Hey, we'll get you there. But you, we're asking you you cheer for SKC. If you're going to be sitting in a sporting section, cause we got these tickets from, you know, sporting supporter groups. So, gotcha. But, I don't know. That's cool. But I'm excited for this New England game. We won't have Daniel Shallowy and we won't have uh, Marinos Janis because they will be gone on international right. duty. So uh, we might see a little Voinovich. Might see Got a, little... a lot of people back in training. Voinovich is back. Zussi's training. Mm-hmm. So Double maybe thing. we'll see uh, Voinovich. So Johnny won't have to play false nine again. Uh, yeah. Probably Kyrie, though. <laughs> could be Kyrie. I mean, you could put Kyrie on the left or Johnny on the left and uh, the other one on the right. I think it just depends so, on fitness right now you know it's like right. who's who's ready to go um but really cool to see all the injured guys back in training yeah so you know we'll we'll see what happens i i am cautiously optimistic about this game because i have to be if i yeah. if i give up on this game now then i think it's kind of like okay you're giving up on the season and, and i don't want to do that yet we got you know more than half the season left and you know i think uh you know especially with the Revs, who are now losing their leading scorer, there's an opportunity here uh, to come out and, and really do something coming off of the international break. Uh, the Revs last yeah. game, they drew Philadelphia <clears throat> 1-1. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting. We'll like see. we said last week, they know it, dude. They're going to come out and blast. They're going to get ready to go. Um, I'm sure they're itching to you know, get some victories going. Mm-hmm. I'd like to score some goals. I'd like to to not give up some goals. I'd like to chip away at that MLS worst minus thirteen goal differential that we currently have. Ooh, um, so uh, it's not great, but we'll see. So looking forward to that one. Um, really, in other sporting news, the only other news of the week is uh, I don't think you're a big FIFA player this year, and I'm I'm not um, I'm not playing Ultimate Team this year. But uh, our guy Johnny Russell was named to the MLS FIFA Ultimate Team Team of the Season, which is pretty yeah, cool. That seems like a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with what Team of the Week is, obviously, and all that. Right. But Team of the Season? Like, team of the Season is a big deal. And I think it's it's combining, like, European season. I mean, it just ended. So yeah, they, it's they combining always, his last year's performance as well. Yeah, they always do Team of the Season at the end of... It. Team of the Season is kind of like 
the end of Ultimate Team, if you will. It's like it culminates throughout the year. It starts in, you know, when they release the game in September and they have these seasonal they have team of the week cards and all these seasonal cards and whatnot. And then it culminates with, with team of the season at the end. And and the cards get progressively better. So you have your base card, whatever Johnny is. I don't know what he is right now. And his stats. If he makes team of the week, well, his stats are a little bit better in team of the week. Uh, team of the season, his stats are significantly better. This is a 91 rated card. His pace is 94. His shot is 91. His pass is 86. His dribble is 93. His physicality is 93. This is a badass card. So if you're cool. uh, if you're an ultimate team player, uh, this is probably a really expensive card on the ultimate team market right now. But uh, if you're an ultimate team player, I would always try to make the best MLS team I could have with team of the week players and, and special cards or whatnot. So. Uh, this one's this is this is pretty cool. Um, I don't know much about that, so he neat, though. he joins uh, the likes of Walker Zimmerman, Carlos Heel, Haney Mukhtar, um, Castellanos from NYCFC, Joao Paulo from Seattle. So there's a uh, Matt Turner is on there. Um, it, it's pretty cool. So happy for Johnny. Cool. They usually when they when they get these uh, honors, sometimes they get like a big old printout of like their like stats or whatnot they could hang oh so. yeah kind of cool so neat congrats to uh to johnny but um no no other sporting news really but there was this u.s men's national team game here in kansas city following uh their 3-0 defeat of morocco uh or victory over morocco i should say i mean um in cincinnati and that was when as you were alluding to Christian Pulisic, after the game, kind of was like, not not as many U.S. fans as I'd like to see here. Wish there were some more. No one more. asked him. No one asked you about U.S. fans. He went out of his way. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Can you imagine? What, what if someone asked you something about your job and you were just like, I think, I think we just need more guns in schools. <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> You just you're saying something erroneous to the situation right now. <laughs> right. It was it was weird because it was a a, a a good victory over a World Cup team, um, you know, and they were asking about the performance and and Jillian uh, Jillian Sakovitz was the one doing the interview and, and she might have mm-hmm. said like something about like it was a good crowd or whatnot. Well, she but... said how how nice is it to be back in the states and I'm like he, yeah. he wasn't like extra dieted or something. What well, are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, he was playing over in uh, England. Sure. But he so. wasn't deported or nothing like that. And, and we're just, you know, and then he's like, well, it would have been nice to see more people. And it's like, dude, throw out some money then. If we could get that Christian Pulisic fund going right. and you donate to get people tickets, go for it. Some people were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, he was talking to the Federation. I did not interpret it that way. I don't think he was. T- it very much came off as people got to do better and, and be here. But sure. when the cheapest ticket available is like 100 bucks plus fees, and then you look at like the German Federation and their most expensive ticket for like midfield and the fancy seats is like 90 euros. Like there's a clear difference. Well, here's the deal. Clearly, Kansas City is more wealthy than Cincinnati <laughs> because we sold that bitch out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and so here's the other thing. There were a lot of Morocco fans there. There were a lot of Uruguay fans there. Like the, quite a bit. I, yeah. I, I don't know that it was 50-50, but it was 60-40 maybe. I don't know. There were a lot of Uruguay, especially in the West Stand and the South Stand, a mm-hmm. lot. When they sang the Uruguay National Anthem, it was very, very loud. And there were some Uruguay chants that challenged the USA chants at times throughout the game. Yeah. But if you're a, a, a Morocco fan living in the U.S., if you're an Uruguay fan living in the U.S., 
this is maybe a once in a lifetime ex- opportunity to see your national team play here in the United States. You're going to be much more willing to pay 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is for a ticket to see your team play once. We're fortunate enough that we get the U.S. men's national team or the U.S. women's national team to come to Kansas City basically once a year between the two of them, if not more. Mm-hmm. So it's a tall ask. And Ohio's even worse. They're always playing in goddamn Ohio. Yeah. And so it's a big ask for friendly games to say, you want to bring your family? It's going to be $700. My like, God. That's a lot of money. <laughs> It was so, a lot. Now, some people managed to find decent deals, like on, on SeatGeek or Ticketmaster or whatever, but others uh, were stuck paying that 90 bucks after fees and whatnot. And, you know, it sucks. It is what it is, but uh, the rich get richer, man. And then there's us, you know? I mean, Greg Berhalter, he actually, he was asked about the environment following the game in Kansas City, and he was like, kind of said the opposite of Pulisic. He goes, I thought the atmosphere tonight was electric. I thought it was great that there were a bunch of Uruguay fans here. I think it creates a really fun buzz and atmosphere in the stadium. I think it also sets us up for the World Cup where it's not going to be just overwhelming U.S. fans there. He, I thought, had a really measured and positive take on the situation. In fact, they better get used to getting booed because no one likes (laughs) Americans. I hope you know that. (laughs) What? I didn't know that. What? But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, oh okay sarcasm no, got it sarcasm i know it <laughs> well hey i tell you i don't did, like did, sometimes did christian pulisic talk after the game so the, it's interesting they do it bear alter comes and does the press conference and then they mm-hmm. have what's called a mixed zone where basically you're standing in a service hallway in children's mercy park and they set up a backdrop and they have a barrier that the media stands on one side and the players right. stand on the other side it so, looked terrible, by the way. It not, looked like you met someone in the back alley. Yeah. Hey, can I talk to you real quick? You know, That's basically what it is. Now, yeah. there were some national media at this game. Grant Wall was there. Jeff Carlisle was there. Sam Stashko was there. Um, uh, Jonathan Tannenwald was there. Like There was a number of people who are, if you follow soccer media, you know who these people are. So, Pulisic gets escorted right past Chad Smith and, and, and Thad Bell and myself and, and Daniel Sperry and he gets taken down to you know the heavy hitters so sure. he talks to them um he didn't come back and talk to us and you he got just... stuck with the Zimmerman huh well Zimmerman so Zimmerman <laughs> walked by um he was escorted by the PR guy to to them and um I knew he was going to come back to do TV and so we grabbed him on his way back to do TV and he talked with us yeah for like 11 yeah. minutes long time and then until music blared over the interview someone did come grab him like hey we need you for tv over here but well, i no, mean you couldn't hear like his question because timothy weah thought he'd throw it uh, back to well, 1992 and rock a boom box that was when we were talking to epb so we were talking okay. to epb and all of a sudden we just hear music start blasting and he was like <laughs> eric was like hold on i'll wait like he knew this was a thing that just must happen or what and mm-hmm. and Wea walks out and it was like Wea, McKinney, Tyler Adams, Polistic was there at the time. He was probably trying to sneak out. But I think what they do is they have this boombox and they just blast music as loud as they can as they walk by to not hear questions and to so not get people to stopping to talk to them. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Isn't <laughs> That's that my theory. part of the job? Like the coach has to talk. Players normally have to talk. Like you're getting paid so much money. Like, shouldn't you have to talk? I don't know what's in there, CBA. I know, like, for NFL players, contractually, they have to talk. For NBA players, yeah. they have to talk. I, I don't know what is in there. Also, the... wouldn't you want to talk? Like, if this is your brand. Your body is your brand. And 
I don't know, man. It makes you really respect the players who did, though. Sean Johnson talked to us for a long time. He was yeah. great. Really enjoyed talking to him. They asked him, like, what's it like coming to play in, in Kansas City when normally you're on the opposing team, whether it be NYCFC or Chicago Fire or whatnot, and you're getting booed, and now you're here in that same stadium, and you're getting cheered. He goes, it's really fun. He goes, it's really fun to play here as an opposing goalkeeper because you know that the fans are going to give it to you the entire time. But he, he also was like, but you also know that it, it comes from a place of respect because they're not going to give you that much crap if, if there's not some level of respect, which mm-hmm. I think is true for most cases. I don't know that the culture never respected Jesse Gonzalez, but uh, <laughs> true, that's but very true. Or someone, the guy uh, was it Tyler Derrick that uh, had domestic violence? I think, yep. Yeah. So, so that guy too. We don't like him. But it's weird. Two Texas goalkeepers, both with domestic violence problems. Not great. What's going on in Texas, y'all? Uh, great but, things. But Sean Johnson was great. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, like I said, great. Talked about. EPB coming in and, and helping him along. He talked about the letter that the U.S. men's national team sent to Congress before the game calling for action on gun violence, which I thought was really cool. Um, some people got mad. Don't bring politics into the. But, hey, first off, if you don't think the U.S. men's national any U.S. national team doesn't have political, not even overtones, just, like, direct political implications, they're a national team. Of course they will. If you don't think sports in general have political ties you haven't ever watched sports like i hate that it's don't, part of you know it. what don't bring politics into it how about this don't fucking tell me what to do like, also I'm gonna do what i want when the letter is relatively benign honestly i i thought like it was long it was well put they were basically saying we don't want kids to be murdered anymore please do something hmm. to try to help solve this problem please vote yes on the common sense bills that 90% of people in the country agree on. That's not a crazy political statement. And Greg Berhalter, to his credit, opened up the press conference before a question was even asked and basically was like, I just want to say, this is a really important issue to our team. I'm really proud of the guys for coming together to do this. It's not just about mass shootings every day, but it's about the needless gun violence in kids that are dying every single day. I, I just thought this is something that they thought through and are standing up for because they believe in it. And, and I think that is an admirable thing for a group of players on a national team um, who are, you know, did a lot of hard work and, and um, Walker Zimmerman in particular did a lot of hard work convincing the men to support the women as much as they did through their equal pay uh, struggle. So um, just, yeah, really cool to talk to Zimmerman and, and hear his take on it. So yeah, I like it, but the game itself, you said it was kind of boring. I thought the first half was actually relatively exciting. Um, sure. I mean, it's exciting. I just mean like the result. You know what I mean? Nil, result, nil, like, yeah, that's zero, zero. always going to be boring. You know? It's a punchline. You know, soccer, zero, zero. Nobody's cool. But also, it's a game that doesn't matter, which really makes the price tag of those tickets even more frustrating. That's true. Like this game does not mean a damn thing. But it was the first half was so interesting because the, the U.S. backline struggled at times, but there, it, it like it went back and forth in waves. Like there was a period of 10 minutes where it was like Uruguay had like four or five ch- like really good chances back to back mm-hmm. to back. But the U.S. weathered. And then there were some opportunities down for the U.S. on the attack where McKinney and Adams and Polisic and Wea um, and, and Musa, like, really good chemistry and really had some good opportunities. And, uh, you know, Ferreira just missed a couple of opportunities by inches that could have put the U.S. ahead. Like, this game easily could have ended 3-3 as much as it did 0-0. Mm-hmm. But second half, a little, little less exciting. That was when 
Edinson Cavani did come in, um, but he didn't really do much <laughs> other than miss a sitter. Yeah, so. it's always fun to watch these games too because like these are players you may or may not know much about. So it's cool mm-hmm. to hear the uh, you know the announcers kind of give you some background. Like, oh, this is so and so. He, you know, he's actually he was actually teammates with that Uruguay player on LAFC. You know, it, it kind yeah. of uh, you know Diego kind of Rossi. cool connections. Yeah. So, you know, if you've been out of the game for a while, it, it's time to get back in, y'all. It's time to get that ancestry DNA and see who you're going to support this year in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. What you got by the way, you got that ancestry DNA. I haven't actually done it. I oh, see. We got to get you in there, especially if you're going to murder someone in the future. We got to, <laughs> you know, get you taken care of. I mean, I know basically that you know, I, I actually people I joke that I'm Irish because my red hair. I think you're Belgian as hell, right? Like, you look like Kevin De Bruyne sometimes. You know that, right? I could see it. The largest um, single nationality I have in me is German. Hmm. So there's German, and then outside of German, it's uh, Croatia and Sweden. Hmm. Those are, like, the three largest European nationalities. I think you should do it, man. You might be shocked because I have a buddy who has always said he's big German, big German, and I watch German soccer because I'm German. And then he did this, and his world was flipped upside down because <laughs> he was not majority German at all. <laughs> what was he? Uh, you know, basically uh, white English, like all of us white people for the most part. Uh, huh. You know, my wife, however, about 1% Cameroonian. And I'm like, well, that your just wife? means your, your people probably own slaves at some point. And that's sad. <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I think Cameroon's in the World Cup. Let's go. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I I think I I root I, I cheered for Croatia a couple whatever sure. it was the last World Cup because they were uh, made it to the final. Um, I had my Croatia jersey. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll do ancestry sometime. You should do but, it, man. A little, little Father's Day. Maybe I'll give you a Father's Day gift, huh? Since I'm a dog dad. Dog dad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, Cavani. He's a Man U guy. So mm-hmm. you're a Man U That's fan. Right. That's kind of cool. Um, his his counterpart on uh, Uruguay, uh, Darwin Nunez. Uh, he's a guy who he plays for Benfica currently, but he's probably going to get transferred to the English Premier League this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of the teams that are vying for his talents are Liverpool and Manchester United. And that dude looked big and fast. Yeah. So um, there's been reports that Manchester United are willing to pay as much as 85 million pounds to get Darwin Nunes from Benfica. That's so, a lot. you know, that, that's that's kind of kind of cool though to see a guy of that stature who there's a lot of Man U fans in in Kansas City and be able to be like I got to see the guy that my club is trying to get this off season. Very true. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh fun fun time. Glad that I was there. The food was much better than it normally is at sporting games. Yeah. <laughs> in the press box. Um but overall, I thought it was an enjoyable time. Always fun seeing the the men or the women come play. Um, so it's uh, you know leading up to the World Cup. It's just about time. And meanwhile, in Canada, they're canceling games because the the Canadian men's national team is basically like, hey, we're not getting as much money as we should, considering yeah. that we're now going to the World Cup. And that's a really interesting thing because the women are like, hey, we want the men to get their money, but we don't want equal percentages. We want equal pay. And there's a difference. It's so, so wild. Canada's like, uh, America's paying their women. Like, why aren't you paying us? Right. And it's like, hold up. 
don't <laughs> not sure you can make that comparison, but I all mean, right. why not? Dude, hey, I don't know. Good for them. Shoot their shot. And, and and it'll be interesting to see if the Canadian men and Canadian women can get on the same page the way that the US men and US women did. So Yeah, so what would happen? They're just not gonna go to the World Cup then? Like they're gonna have a little standoff? I mean they'll go to it's their first World Cup in what, thirty six years, so they'll be there, but yeah. like they're they not gonna play, not go. They didn't play Panama in Vancouver. A friendly that no one cares right. about. So, I don't know. Vancouver was like, hey, if you're going to go to the Canadian national team, you can come to the Whitecaps 2 game instead for free. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, credit to them for trying. Yeah. Did that really but, happen? Yeah, they tweeted out that oh, anybody no. that has a ticket can come to the Whitecaps 2 game for free. Oh, no. Dude, you can go to any MLS Next Pro game for free. <laughs> Basically. You can. I, I'm part of a Lawrence Soccer League, and they're always they're always saying they got free tickets to the game, and I'm like, can't make it. Can't Did you know it. that Sporting KC2 is going to have to go back to Salt Park once the KU women's soccer team comes back and plays? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't, why, did, why didn't they just stay at Salt Park? I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, but, trying to grow that fandom in Lawrence, I guess. and uh, It would make a lot more sense when the college kids are there. Yeah, they get some people out to those games, though. I mean, it's I went to one, and it was, uh, for, for being as cold as it was, there was decent showing. I mean, Lawrence, for me, in Lee Summit, was like an hour and 15-minute drive, so I'm not... That's rough. To You'd that. have to come to my place, and since I'm driving anyways, <laughs> Sleep, I would take you the, the rest of the way. Refuel. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, I don't know. It's uh, If you can get out there, I'm sure they're fun games. Yeah. So, let's... Uh, and it was cool. Just last thing on the U.S. men's game. Uh, it was cool to see EPB back. I think this was his first game playing in Children's Mercy Park since he left Sporting KC. Ooh, so. I think you're right. He, uh, he said, he goes, you know, first few minutes was a little shaky. I didn't quite play how I wanted to, but we ended up keeping the clean sheet. He got to play against Edinson Cavani, against Darwin Nunez. So, um, good for him. Thought it was pretty cool to see him back out there. Got quite the reception. So, yeah, definitely happy for him. Uh, let's see here. Let's Let's take some questions before we sign off for the day. Um... Let's see here. Uh, oh, okay. So this is interesting. Daniel Gooden says, "Why were people so upset about the subs? Wasn't it just a friendly?" This was the most. This was the weirdest thing that's ever happened at a soccer game for me live. So, yeah. a lot of friendlies there are unlimited substitutions. This game, they had agreed on each team was going to get six substitutions, but unlimited substitution chances. Meaning, like if you think about MLS, every team gets five subs, but only three substitution chances. So you have to make Mm -hmm. those five subs over three substitution chances. It was six subs over unlimited chances, meaning like it didn't have to be six and three changes or whatnot. You could do as many as you want. Well, apparently, the Uruguay coach misunderstood that and thought it was unlimited substitutions. So he made a seventh substitution, and none of the refs caught it. They let the seventh substitution go on the field. And so then what you, should they have done though? Could they have taken that guy off and made the other guy go back on? I mean, what now once you start, like once at that point you've already messed up. What they should have done is they should have caught him and like, Hey, you can't make another change. You've already made six. Yeah, that didn't happen. Should have. So all of a sudden there's a hydration break and there's suits that are walking down on the field and they're talking with the officials and they're talking with bear halter and they're talking with the Uruguay coach and uh, trying to figure out what happened. And ultimately I think what they said was that the U S was just going to get an extra sub, which they didn't end up using. 
But right. that's what was going on. Is it was like Uruguay technically that. made an illegal sub. They were suit. Yeah, it looked like they were about to like serve someone some court documents or something. Like it looked it's very, very official. Very <laughs> like it looked like a bunch of lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sporting Casey Daly says, "Do you still have faith in the playoffs? If so, where do you think we finish?" I thought you were going to say, "If so, why?" why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- there's faith there. All right, there is. Uh, I think I think we could squeeze into that last spot, maybe. It just depends on what every other result looks like. You know what I mean? Because while you say we have to average two points a game, that's not necessarily true if other games pan out sure. in favor. It's, you know, it's dependent. Know. Um, I mean, it, it's probably close to true considering where the points are at right now at, at this point yeah. in the season. But, I mean, also... It's so early to be doing math. Like, it's way too early. We're five points out, and we have, what, how many games are there? 34? So there's 19 games left for Sporting KC to play. So you have to make up five points in 19 games? That's doable. I just don't like getting these daily MLS emails, and my guy, Sam Jones or whatever, he he sends out these grades for every team, and I I never thought I would have ever seen Sporting get an F for a midway, mid-season grade. You know? Sucks. I think there's a chance. Is it? Would I bet on it at this point? No. Is it possible? Yes. If we get in, we're probably in that sixth or seventh spot. But it, it's it's not out of the question by any means. And I don't want to give up on it yet because then what's what what's the fun in that? Yeah, what's there's fun in that? Nineteen games gonna, left. What are we going to talk about? You know. <laughs> so I'm not giving up on the season with nineteen games left. Yeah, I can't. Um, we'll just have to talk about Star Wars and stuff. Speaking of, <laughs> uh, yeah, I knew, I knew, I'd segue you. Our our guy Drake said, uh, "Hey, what's the pod's favorite Star Wars characters?" Oh, so I'm gonna man. ask you, who? Oh who, my god, who is, who is your favorite Star Wars character, buddy? I got, I got like sections of characters, right? Like, okay, I'm very much, I'm very much into the dark side. When I when I built my Ooh. lightsaber, dude, I had to go dark side. You know what I mean? Mm. But now I'm not trying to get the Imperial insignia tattooed or something because that's like getting a swastika tattoo or something you know what i mean it's yeah not great but uh you know if i'm going dark that darth maul character is real cool Mm -hmm. you're talking the 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 face Mm -hmm. the the dual you know sided lightsaber like Mm -hmm. that but uh ewan mcgregor's obi-wan has been pretty cool as well i do like ewan mcgregor i think he just plays the part really well Mm -hmm. um this is a little bit of recency bias but i think Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian is he that is just such a well done show and he plays that role so well that I think he has been such a good addition to Star Wars lore that I I really really enjoy um don't throw away Harrison Ford either you know Harrison Ford is always always great um as a kid I really liked Mace Windu Samuel L. Jackson I was a big fan of the purple lightsaber because it was just different so I always liked watching uh Samuel L. Jackson as, as Mace Windu. Um, and who doesn't like Lando Calrissian? You gotta oh, sure. like Lando. Uh, Childish Gambino, Lando Calrissian. I, I would love to see Donald Glover in a Lando series on Disney+. Plus. I think that would be amazing. Totally doubtful. I mean, you never know. They've talked about it. Oh, I'd like they? to see Solo come back. I, I, I thought Solo was fine. Yeah, I'm a Solo a truther. Bring it back. A lot of people hated it. Well, they got to get over it. 
it's Star Wars. Just have fun. Just be entertained. Stop taking it so seriously. Yeah, everyone's like, how 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 can you say you're a Jedi when you're four feet away from a stormtrooper? And I'm like, because it's make believe. Right. That's why there's space cowboys running around with laser swords. Yeah. Like it's okay. I, you're you're worried about a secret. Like <laughs> it's okay. Just enjoy it for what it is. I'm not. I don't want all sorts of logical inconsistencies, but also like just try to have fun. Yeah. Everyone tries to break shit down sometimes. I'm like, man, I'm just here for the 4K visuals and and the surround sound, all right? That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, let's see here. Kev Mendo says, uh, Shallowy was an unused sub twice this week for Hungary. Is it more frustrating to the player or the team when he doesn't get any playing time? And should we all just be relieved that he's not coming back with an injury like Polito's bad luck? Mm. That's a good I, I bet question. it's more frustrating for him. I think the team is fine, but as far as the fans go... I think the fans are pretty frustrated to hear that yeah. and, and be like, wow, if you're not going to use him, can we have him? It's probably bittersweet for the player because you still get to go be in the camp, train with the national team, get to talk with the coaches, get FaceTime and whatnot. And then I'm sure it sucks to, to not um, not play. Hey, this I think just it's, means that when he does return, he's going to be hot, man. I think it's a, it's a good and bad thing for – SKC is a club because obviously, yeah, you're glad that he's not coming back with an injury. He, he maybe got some more rest. Um, at the same time, it's like, if you're not going to use him, then why did you take him from us? We kind of mm-hmm. needed him. Yeah, so, that was the point. But I do know that, like, especially with Polito, but I, I would assume it's the same with all the national team coaches. Peter talks to the other coaches and basically voices his concerns if there's injuries or whatnot. And it's like, hey, this this is kind of what I need you to work with here. So it could have been that Peter talked to the Hungarian coach and was like, yeah, you can take him, get a look at him. He's great. But like, please don't injure him. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like my, my job might depend on it. Yeah, for sure. A guy named so. Chad once told me that. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Smith specifically said he wants me fired. <laughs> um, just kidding, Chad. Uh, and then Kevin Mendo also said, would it surprise anyone to see Johnny's body this season looked like Cody Rhodes Peck from Sunday. Classic. So, pulling it back to where we you started. Pause at Johnny's body, and I was like, "We seeing Johnny's body? <laughs> well, if <laughs> you go in the locker room, you see an ESPN body issue. Uh, you see some bodies in the locker room if you go in there for interviews after the game." <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't, I think he's okay. Honestly, like, I mean, he's a strong dude. You know, he's a little, little workhorse, right? He's a warrior, as Peter said. Yeah, he's a warrior. So, I mean, he's not bitching. So, like, I don't know why everyone's so worried about him. He did say when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago that, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm banged up. Like, there's things going on. But he also was like, but everybody is. Who isn't, dude? If you're in your 30s, you're banged up. Things it's hurt true. when you hit 30. It's just what it is. My shoulder hurts right now for no reason. Yours does? At, at this very moment. My I left was walking hurts. earlier today, and I was like, when did I roll my ankle? Why does that hurt? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. So, it's fun, man. <laughs> it's not, dude. I got an MRI this Friday. You know that? Yeah, that's yeah, fun. I'm gonna have them scan the hamstring. Maybe I had to get surgery. A damn hundred dollar Tempur-Pedic pillow because my neck hurt too much if I slept on regular pillows. Yeah, there ain't nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's good purchase. So yeah, buy one get I'm one. Like, I just hope they see something in this hamstring and they're like, yeah, we need to operate. I'll be like, good. That's, <laughs> Fix me. Cut, cut me open. Sew me together. Let's do Give it. Give me a bionic leg. Let me know what needs to be done. Then I'm going to drive up to Saskatchewan, Canada, or whatever. I don't. I think I'm in Minnesota. Get it done with the nationalized healthcare. Absolutely. 
So. You know, I've heard people do that. Like they, they, they will flat out go give birth in Canada to save thousands of dollars. Can you, can you can just do that? I'm pretty sure you can do that. Well, do they become Canadian citizens? No, no, no. Well. You can just go up there and get whatever. But needs I mean, to be the done. kid born in Canada are they Canadian citizens? Is it like do they have birthright they citizenship? Would. They like would they have dual citizenship. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you Isn't go. Isn't that wild? I should have been born in Canada. I why. <laughs> I want to be Canadian citizen. It, it doesn't sound half bad. Like when the time comes and I need some kind of hip replacement, I'm going to be like, hmm, I could go for some poutine right about now. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, going to Disney World for the first time in a few weeks, and I am excited because oh, uh, going to have to try some poutine in the in the Canada Pavilion in Epcot. Great times, dude. That is, you better just eat all the food in Epcot. Oh, that's don't great. worry. We got all our reservations. We got reservations. Got a reservation for Space 220 somehow, the new space you restaurant did? in Epcot. Yeah. Oh, so. 2020, right? Space 2020? 220 is what it's called. 220? Yeah. No. But That's a dumb name. Going to get some, some drinks and apps there. And then I've wow, uh, got a reservation pictures, for dude, and... Le Cellier in Canada. So well, Send me pictures before you go posting them online because I'm like more important. But okay. Let me know like what you're seeing because that sounds awesome. Give you a play-by-play of the new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. That looks wild. I saw commercials. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty I'm excited. cool. I'm excited. So I was just there, dude. I know. We're gonna have to go back later this year when Tron opens up. So later this year, Tron opens up this fall. I know, but how much? How, you're trying to spend so much money. I don't. Well, okay. We're not gonna go back later this year. Oh, We're okay. Go back after Tron opens up. Gotcha. I was just like, I can't. I can't swing that. No, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> but. Anywho, I think we've uh, we've meandered enough along <laughs> along the the episode today. Um, thank you so much for listening to us. Make sure uh, you uh, leave us that five star rating and review, like Tuba Guy Oh Eight or whatever his name was did. Ask Jimmy, us yep. questions, and uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod at Dan Kuzer. At JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. And check out that merch, bit.ly.com slash NoOtherPod. I think there's a 30 or 35% off sale going on right now. So uh, Yeah, why wouldn't you use our Pride logo and put it on things? Get the Pride logo. We got the Pride oh, shirts yeah. available. Go do that. Get the We Want the Cup merchandise. Yep. Support the team for the uh, the U.S. Open Cup. So, but yeah. Thank you all so much. Hopefully we'll be back next week talking victory pod after we beat the New England Revolution. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Soccer for all. Pride. Pride.